Hey everybody, Ashton Gustafson here. Welcome back to another episode of Good, True, and Beautiful. This is where we chat about what it means to sow good with our lives, seek truth, spy beauty, wonder, get lost in metaphor, create something beautiful with our lives, all of that. Um, that's what we're doing here. Welcome back. My apologies, I've been gone for a couple weeks. Um, we have a lot of fun interviews in queue and they are coming along. Um, but, uh, I apologize for not posting over the last couple weeks, um, which leads me to today's conversation. So I get this question a lot. Um, Ashton, it seems that you do a lot. How are you able to fit all of this together? Uh, and from some, for some of you guys, um, my full story, uh, I've, I, I do other things than this podcast. The podcast for me is my little sandbox, my place where there are no rules, my place where um, it doesn't really have to be anything other than what it is. Uh, so I don't have a lot of places like that in life, uh, but it is one of those things. But I have other things, a couple real estate companies that I run, management company, um, a wife, two kids, uh, a quasi-speaking career, um, and I do kind of some other stuff as well. Uh, and the question I get often is, how do you do all this? How are, how are there this many hours in the day? How, how do you, um, juggle all of this? And I thought, this is a good podcast conversation because, um, I fell in love with this idea probably a decade ago and, um, once it clicked with me of, uh, we all want to do something good. We all want to create something beautiful. We all want to be a part of something. We all want to, um, there's just a lot that we want to be a part of and experience and know and enjoy. Um, but if we are not, um, intentional, if we are not, uh, committed daily in deliberate practices and disciplines, um, Basically, you get to the end of your day, you turn on Jimmy Fallon, and you ask yourself, how did I get here? And so uh, what I thought I would do is in just kind of a short episode today is break down a little bit of how um, I lead my days um, and how uh, business gets done, but the soul is also filled um, and how you're engaged with your family. Um, and listen, I don't have the market cornered on this. I fail a lot. Um, it, things don't go as planned a lot. Sometimes I'm super short with my children uh, after um, a long day. I don't have it all figured out, but I thought this would be a good episode for me to just share with you guys some practices of what I do on a daily basis, and maybe if you take just one thing away from here, um, that would be good for you. So um, where do we begin? Well, let's first start with this conversation. Um because basically we're we're talking about time management, right? And immediately uh, your mind probably goes to like a daily planner or a calendar or an old palm trio. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Uh, or something like that when you hear this concept of time management. <clears throat> but I want to share this idea with you that... Um, I want to share this quote. There's, there's a quote by Paul Valerie, and I begin this quote in almost all of the speakings, uh, all the settings where I speak. 
um, because I feel like whatever we're about to talk about, you've probably heard before, and it just needs to be reframed, no matter what it is. Business, life, relationships, health, spirituality, joy, peace, love. We, it, you've, it's not like people haven't brought these ideas to you before, um, but it's like sometimes you got to come at it at another angle for you to really get the thing underneath the thing, for you to really read between the lines, for you really to grab the essence of what it is that we're talking about when we talk about time management. So the, the quote is this, to see is to forget the name of the thing one sees. To see is to forget the name of the thing one sees. So time management. Just right now, just delete everything you've ever thought about time management day planners, whatever. Let's like, let's just, let's just forget that for a second because here's the re here's, here's what's true. You can't manage time. You can't manage time. None of us right now, it is, what time is it right now where I'm at? It's 128. Okay. I can't look up at the sun and say, Hey son, I'm going to, I need you to pause at 128 PM. I'm going to come back in a few hours and then you can just go back to what you were doing. You can't manage time. We all have the same amount of time every day. Jordan Spieth, Roger Federer, uh, Warren Buffett, um, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, you. Wh whoever you are, whoever we, are, we all have the same amount of time in the day. And here's the crazy thing. There's 1,440 minutes available every single day. You multiply 60 times 24, you get 1,440 minutes. Let's take this number down a little bit more. If you sleep eight hours, you now have less than 1,000 minutes. And most of us, every single day when we get out of bed, the first little narrative that we have that runs through our head right as our feet hit the ground is something along the lines of, I have 1,000 things to do today. And the reality is, you don't even have a thousand minutes. And so when we talk about time management, um, you can't manage time. But guess what you can manage? Um, you. You can manage you. You can become conscious of your current presence. You can become aware of what you are doing. You can, you can have this experience where you kind of in moments live bird's eye above yourself asking the question hey is this what I want to be doing right now what I should be doing right now uh, or am I just lost in it because as Zig Ziglar says most of us uh, we are wandering generalities and not meaningful specifics we are wandering generalities and not meaningful specifics and the reality is you do have a lot of things to do today and you want to be a great mom, and you want to be a great dad, or you want to be a great employee, business leader, uh, author, thought leader, artist, creative, teacher, um, coach. You name it. You have all of these things that you want to do. But the problem is, is we're just trying to swim in the midst of Instagram, and then we got to return this text, and we have to got we have to do this. We're, we're so mixed up in our moments that we actually don't have true agenda in our moments. And so we end up multitasking throughout our day, which multitasking actually isn't effective 
and we altogether forget just the simple beauty of what it means to task, what it means to take on a specific task in the moment and do it. Without the inbox open, without the Internet Explorer, web browser open, without your phone next to you, whatever. I couldn't come here and do this podcast if I was trying to do all of the things at the same time. So that's how many minutes we have. 1,440. And the reason why I say to see is to forget the name of the thing one sees. If you want to really talk about time management, you have to start to see yourself in your moments. You have to start breaking down minute by minute, day by day, because if you don't, you get to the end of your day, and like I said, you turn on Jimmy Fallon and you ask, how did we get here? So really, the conversation I want to encourage you guys uh, to think about today is a little bit of reverse engineering. Ask yourself, what is it that I want out of today? What is it that I want out of this week? What is it that I want out of this year? And from there, you back that up, and you start to find out that actually our minutes make our weeks, our weeks make our years, our months make our years, our, our, our moments make our minutes, our seconds make our moments. So, you know, I think that's the great work of contemplation, right, is, is becoming aware, dialing into the moment, the sacrament of the present moment, being fully with the moment so that you can do and accomplish and be with everything that you want to do and everything that you want to be with. <clears throat> so, how do I do this? What's it look like for me on a daily basis? The first thing um, <clears throat> is I'm very into morning ritual. Um, everything from the coffee I currently have to the specific yogurt granola local honey that I have, that, that's, this is predetermined. I'm not spending time and willpower wondering what I'm going to eat and drink each morning. That is done. Uh, but even before that, um, you guys have heard uh, about kind of the centering prayer stuff that I do, the stillness, silence, contemplation. Um, you know, there, there's there's old circles back in the day. Hey, have you done your quiet time? Um, things like that. All that I'm asking <clears throat> and all that I'm inviting you guys to do when you enter into kind of your your still sit in the morning, this is it. Like this is this is the hope of all of it, is that you enter that moment and that you disidentify with these overwhelming thoughts that are just always running in your head, right? Just do, 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 do. There's always just these obsessive thoughts running in our heads. That you would pause just long enough to settle into who you are, to settle into the day that you're about to walk into. And really the goal is to just get to yes. Just get to yes. And that's a yes to you, that's a yes to the world you've been entrusted. That's a yes to, I mean, call it humanity, a yes to the universe. Um, it's amazing how many of our moments we begin at no. And if I retrace back why I start with no in the first person that I meet with and why I start with no at the place that I go uh, meet and have someone have lunch with someone, or if I start at no throughout my day, most of the time when I retrace it back, it's because I didn't begin at this holy, beautiful, uh, and I'll say holy, H-O-L-Y and W-H-O-L-L-Y, this holy, holy yes. Um, it's so significant to be there. When, when I look at my days and where they get off track, um, I can often find that it's because it was one of those days where I didn't begin in this posture. 
I didn't begin in this groundedness, this steadfastness, this uh, beautiful posture of, yes, here's the day. Let's do it. Let's enjoy this. Let's be with it. Um, because then you enter your moments, and instead of uh, you changing the moment, you let the moment change you. I mean, just think about that shift that's right there. By you beginning your day at yes, you may enter moments that typically you would enter into with the posture of no, but now you can enter frustrating moments with the posture of yes and allow yourself to be transformed before you try to trans- transform the moment. And that's just salty truth. Um, and so that's the first place I begin. Some mornings, it's with a specific uh, discipline or practice. Some mornings, I light a candle and I just look at the flame for 20 minutes. Some mornings, I read uh, a reflection. Some mornings, I read the welcoming prayer. Um, Some mornings, I do centering prayer. Uh, But I'm beginning with this posture of stillness and silence and solitude. Because if I can get the yes in that moment then it's just unbelievable how those fumes will, gather, will, will, will stay with me the rest of the day. So I encourage you to begin there. Um, no matter your background, no matter your uh, uh, whatever, um, I think that we can all center into some beautiful things. And uh, Thomas Merton has this quote. He said, if, if there is no silence, God is not heard in our music. Um, and like your music is your life right? The music is the thing that happens uh, when you, your thoughts, your giftings, your ideas, your guy, all comes together, comes alive in crescendos in the universe we exist in. So if there is no silence, God is not heard in our music. Um, and so we begin there. We begin there. And then your day is started. And I would figure that for most of us, um, maybe some of us, uh, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're a stay-at-home dad, Maybe you run a business, maybe you head up a department, maybe you're an artist, maybe you're a musician, a poet, a writer, a coach, whatever. Um, I want you to hold close to this next little riff here because this, this will change the trajectory of your business or whatever it is that you consistently do on a daily basis. Um, and it's this concept that's right here. There's probably only three things that you actually need and must do every single day. There there are so few key result areas that are actually a part of your business, a part of your job description, a part of what you've been entrusted that you actually must do every day. And if those things get done, everything else is so much easier and almost unnecessary. Best book on this is The One Thing. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Written by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan. Jay's been on our show before. Um, Really knowing the things that you must do every single day in your business. So these are your magic numbers, your magic metrics. For me, uh, the real estate business. Real estate business is something where um, you, you want to occupy the mind space of your local economy, in the space where they think about real estate. And so how do you do that? Um, I often teach this across the country, and just and just switch out some words here and put your industry in there, uh, especially if you're in sales. 
Uh, But I often say this, in order to occupy the mind space of the people in your local market with whatever your industry is, today you must tastefully weave your story in and out of other people's stories so that when the time comes for them to think about your industry, it's you that they think of. Tastefully abuse people with relevant information so that when the time comes for them to think about you or your industry, it's you that they think about. This is it. And, and so, I mean, I teach people, I coach people. If you're interested in, in coaching, if you're hearing some of this and you're like, man, I, I would like to hear more information on this, email me, ashton at ashtongustafson.com. I am so all, all on board about this information because of how it's changed my life. So for me and my business, I can have a successful day every day by 11 o'clock. Everything after that just happens to be the fruits of the labor that happened before 11 o'clock. But I've learned that I can show up every single day before 11 o'clock, and there's all of these things that I can do to tastefully abuse people with relevant information. Because guess what relevance is? Relevance is the antonym of spam. So if you're in sales... Probably the easy thing for you to do. Your company probably has a way to mass mail people. You can send uh, direct mail. You can send um, emails. You can probably send out text messages and so forth. But what if someone actually showed up with specific information specific to your industry and specific to that customer that they actually cared about? Do you think that those people would remember you when the time came for them to intersect the marketplace with what you do? So maybe you're a financial uh, broker or financial analyst or financial whatever, right? You help people uh, with long-term wealth planning and things like that. Um, What if you showed up in people's lives as the news changed, as China did this, as whatever did that, as the oil and gas industry did this, and you showed up with relevant information that actually spoke to the decade at which they lived in? So if you have clients that are in their 30s, you speak to them about what it looks like to do things in your 30s so that in your 60s and 70s, you can enjoy the freedom that you want. Real estate people, if you're in the real estate business, instead of spamming your marketplace with a bunch of national, state, and even local news, what happens when you show up and you tell people what is happening on their block? You don't tell them about city stats. You don't give them zip code stats. You show up and you say, this is what's happening on your block. Now, again, I'm speaking from the place of expertise in the local real estate market because that's the thing that I do that lets me fund the rest of my life. But I've found that my magic metrics, my magic numbers every day, is typically around 20 to 30 people of weaving my story in and out of their story so that when the time comes for them to think about our industry, it's me that they think about. Um, Ernest Hemingway had, had a beautiful quote here and he, one, one of his quotes uh, wasn't even on time management but he said, he said he goes how do you go bankrupt he said you go bankrupt two ways gradually then suddenly vice versa of this can be true too if you're in sales um, if you're, if you're uh, an artist Uh, I mean, let's just go through all these. If you're in sales, do you know how you become good at sales? Gradually, then suddenly. Gradually, you share information that is not spam, information that is relevant to the people that you're looking to serve, and suddenly they take you up on it. 
If you're an artist, gradually you paint something every day. Suddenly, your work is in galleries all across the United States and in different people's homes all across the country. If you're a coach, uh, if you're a coach, gradually you recruit, you watch film, you read plays, gradually you do these small, hidden, unseen, overlooked things, and suddenly the world starts talking about it. Because here's the deal. The reason why so many of us are full of regret at the end of the day is because we think that life and actually the true things of success are things that can be retweeted, seen, talked about, and so forth. Here's the truth. Success lies. Success is hidden in the unseen, in the overlooked, and the stuff that's rarely ever talked about. So when the world zigs, you need to zag. When the world is just spamming the world on Facebook, you show up in people's lives and you provide some type of contribution, something that is relevant to them. Here, I made this for you. Musicians, artists, poets, whatever it is, when you show up from that place of contribution, when you show up from that place where you know the things that must be done today are always hidden, overlooked, and unseen, it changes everything. From your still sit in the morning to whatever it is, in your office, uh, or in your place of work, I promise you, um, it's essential. It's essential to get this. And maybe you're a stay-at-home parent, right? I can speak to this a little bit. Um, I think it was Tim Ferriss that said, like, one of the first thing, one of the best things that you can do every day is right when you wake up, you make your bed. Now, full disclosure, I don't do this all the time, uh, but my wife does. My wife does. And um, I also watch how she's maintained this beautiful order within our home. And I've also watched how she's led this very intentional life with our kids. And so inside of our home, we have some magic metrics. Um, And we've basically said this, you know, we've got about a decade run here with our kids before they're off at college. I mean, it's crazy how fast this has happened. We got a 10, 12, 13 year run. Um, And so each day, we're going to take these moments and know that there needs to be points of connection. That it's great that we can learn about grades and we can learn the words that they spelled today and now they can do a little bit better multiplication than they could do than the day before. But if I reflect back on uh, the beautiful experience that I had within the home that my parents graced me with, um, it was this really safe place of connection. Um... My, my dad, he would always, he would ask me at night, he would say, who's your best friend? And guess what I ask my kids now every night? Who's your best friend? So a magic metric for me that's hidden, overlooked, unseen, no one really knows about it, is each night leaning over and asking them that question, hey, who's your best friend? Because that's who I want to be. I want to be the go-to guy. I want to be the guy on speed dial. I, I want to be the safe place of refuge for them. The other thing I do, I think I've shared this before, is when I drop uh, my girls off at school, I whisper into their ear, big love. And they whisper back, has my back. Now, you want to talk about magic metrics. You want to talk about little seeds of beauty and trust that that I'm hoping reaps dividends over, over the longevity of their lives. It's these hidden and overlooked and unseen things. Um, But man, they are so personal. 
So it's not taking them to Disney World, right? If you take your kids to Disney World, that's great. But don't forget to whisper big love in their ear. Don't, um, don't, don't think it's this Instagram world. It's not, it's not. It's grounding yourself in a few magic metrics and figure out what they are for you, right? It may not be these little things. Maybe it's reading a specific book. Maybe it's grabbing their shoulders, speaking truth directly into their eyes. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, um, but for all of us, whether we're business, or whether we're at home, whether it's what, whatever your lifestyle is, think about every single day these magic metrics. And what you're going to find is beautiful things happen gradually, then suddenly. Gradually, we whisper big love into our kids' ears. Suddenly, they're living lives that back up this idea that uh, big love does have their back. And um, that's the beauty. That's the beauty. And so as I think more about this idea of time management and that to see is to forget the name of the thing one sees, uh, it's really a conversation about awareness. It's really a conversation about presence. This is really a conversation about are you just wandering through your day and every time a new email comes through, every time a new text message comes through, every time the phone rings, you answer it, or do you have rules set up? Tim Ferriss says, email is everyone else's agenda. A friend of mine once taught me that my cell phone is only created to make outgoing calls. These are magical little shifts that happen for me. Uh, and over time, guess what you get? You get your life back. You get to enjoy. You get to be present. You actually get to task the thing that you need to be tasking instead of multitasking everything else. And gradually you do this, and suddenly you find yourself leading a life, leading a career, leading a business, leading a movement, or whatever it is, in a way that's the beautiful thing that you wanted to create all along. So, why this conversation? Um, this conversation is not to lead you towards more money, more things, and more stuff. Um, this conversation is to lead you to more meaning, meaning, more satisfaction, and more fulfillment. And I love this phrase that Jeff Bezos uses. He, he calls it regret minimization. And when you embrace the reality that 1,440 minutes is all you have today, and if you sleep eight hours, you really have less than 1,000, when, when you hold on to this truth and you figure out what your magic metrics are, what those, what those things are that you must do, right, to where you'll be a meaningful, specific, and not a wandering generality, you get to the end of your days and you don't have that regret. Regret is minimized. And you can actually see the horizon unfolding. You can actually see, oh man, I'm, I'm building a wall and brick by brick, the bricks are going up. I don't have the whole wall built. But each day I'm leading a life to where the bricks are happening because I know the magic metrics. I know the things that must happen. Whether they are children we are wanting to lead, businesses we are wanting to create, or movements we want to start, they will happen gradually and then suddenly. 1,440 minutes. To see is to forget the name of the thing one sees. To see is to forget the name of the thing one sees. So I hope this conversation allows you space and room and freedom to move into your life 
where you can actually start to hold in tangible ways satisfaction, beauty, meaning, and fulfillment in a whole new way. And as you do that, and as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebird sing, and be love.